It can currently be heard on all three volumes of the acclaimed Sondheim Unplugged. Please welcome to the stage, Marky Five. Oh, by the hand, hand, take me by the hand, pretty mama, I'll dance with your daddy all night long. I'd like to hear some funky Dixieland, pretty mama, gonna take me by the hand. Just by holding still, it'll be there. Come on, something, come on in. Don't be shy, meet a guy, pull up a chair. It's sorted out like a song. We started quiet and slow with no surprise. And then one morning I woke to realize it could have kept on growing instead of just kept everybody who or what are you celebrating today uh for those of you who are here for the first time welcome my show is richard skipper celebrates and it's about celebrating life art whatever we can find to celebrate in these crazy times that we're living in and yes they are crazy but the unifying force that keeps us all together is music i don't care who you are where you've been, where you're going, when you come together as a collective group of people to listen to music, we all celebrate together. Uh, Carol Channing once said that in order for a show to succeed, you need people from all walks of life sitting together in the dark and listening to this music. I love all five of these artists individually, but together they create 
alchemy. Now, I'm, none of them know who I'm going to bring on first, so I hope they're all ready. I hope they're all camera ready and ready to go. I asked Frances to pick a number, one through five, and she's the deciding factor. And the last to show up is the first to come on, and that's Vanessa. Hello, Vanessa. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. This is fun. I don't have sparkles like you. Oh, please. You are uh, you have an inner sparkle. So uh, I have to create uh, these sparkles, but you've got it going on. So I always begin my shows by asking my guests, who or what are you celebrating today? Besides the obvious, you're coming together as a group. You're going to be performing. We're going to talk about that again in a few moments. But what did you celebrate today? You know, I was just teaching young singers and there was a lot to celebrate because there were people having breakthroughs left, right and center. And it's so fun to be a part of that. So I had at least three moments today where we had the like, woohoo, you got it. It's that, that thing. And that's my favorite part of the job. Now, one of the fun things that I like to do with my show is I lay out five, well, for tonight, I've got five mystery questions one through five, and you pick uh, a number one through five, and that will decide the direction that you and I are going to go in right now. Two, please. And it's actually, I like this. What's the most surprising self-realization that you've had as an artist? Hmm. The surprising self-realization. I think that... <laughs> after all of the training and the trying to shoehorn into one thing or another, it's that what I have to offer is enough. And I think that Marky Five is actually the perfect manifestation of the things that I'm best at and love most to do as a performer. And so after doing musical theater for many years, which sometimes worked and sometimes didn't, this just fits like a glove. And so the self-realization is, it doesn't have to be anything other than exactly what I love. You know, it's very interesting that you say that. Last night I was in East Hampton. I saw Steve Gutenberg, who has a show called The Gutenberg Bible. Everybody go see this. And it's about the trajectory of his career. Um, if you know anything about his work, for 20 years, he was the hottest actor in Hollywood. And then all of a sudden the calls stopped. The call stopped because the regime changed, the business changed, he was no longer the hot commodity, and it was just a completely different game for him. So it's about the work, it's about the process, it's about what you love doing. Um, you teach small kids. I wanna ask, who was the teacher that made an impact on you as a young girl that made you say, this is the path that I truly wanna follow? That would be Mrs. Barbara Jo Brennan at Everett Middle School. She was the choir teacher. And that was our home. We choir kids. That was where we spent our lunch periods. And she singled a few of us out to not only have some solo opportunities, but those of us who were in piano lessons, she had us accompany the choir on a few songs. And that's been huge for me because I have to accompany my students. Um, I also teach piano. And at 12, 13, to have been trusted with that responsibility 
<laughs> was huge and I learned so much from it. And she was just gentle and nurturing and kindled that little flame of this is something that maybe I'm really good at. What was the moment in your life when you decided that you were actually going to pursue this as a career? And I would like to know what was the response from your family? Um, are anyone else in your family in the business? My, my family of origin? No. Uh, my current family? Yes. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Twofold question. Um, Really, it, it was a moment in college where I found myself at a crossroads. Um, there was a teacher who was not supportive of me. And um, I, I, I had auditioned for something and trying to politically be careful <laughs> about uh, what I share here. But I, I had auditioned for something and uh, was not um, was not cast. And I went to follow up with him. This is a college professor and I went to follow up and I said, you know, please, I'd love any feedback to know what, what was what. And he said, you just give a pastel performance. And this is a, a teacher whose job it was to bring the best out of us. And what I had been auditioning for was a class where he could have done that. And he just was so dismissive and, and didn't want anything to do with me. And I had to sit in that moment and think, is this an indicator that maybe I'm not meant to go down this path? Maybe it's just something I thought I was good at, but not enough. Or do I say politely, you know, put a finger up to him and go and, and find my own way. And that was what I chose. That was my junior year in college. I went and I, I got headshots and I ended up going to my first professional audition for a cruise ship and I booked it. And then I went and did that for a year instead of what would have been my senior year of college. And then when I came back to finish school, I knew I knew who I was and I wasn't as vulnerable to the um, sort of toxic influences that can sometimes be out there. And there are a lot of them. So we're going to bring on our next guest. You're going to help me bring on the next guest. Uh, but before we do, uh, because we're going to be talking about a lot of this later on in the show, your favorite 8-track tape. <laughs> um truth i've never had an eight track tape ever in my whole life i had a, i had records and i had cassette tapes and i just don't even i didn't even know what one looked like before we, <laughs> before we created this show 13 years ago um so i can fib and say um uh well, let me ask you this do you remember the first album that you uh, that you got that you actually purchased with your own money yes Yes, and I'm going to say it in public. It was um, Salt and Peppa. Oh! <laughs> and it was, it was um, two singles. So one side was Push It, and the other side, I think, was Tramp, maybe, but I bought it for Push It. Okay. You're going to bring on our next guest. So pick a number one through four. Uh, I think three. And uh, he's not really listening. So what would you want to say about working with Mick Blyer? Oh, Mick. Mick has the biggest heart. Mick always has something loving to say. He is just delightful in every way. And he's adorable and handsome. Look at him. I'm not listening. Oh, I'm blushing. 
and he gives the best hugs too. Like you just oh, know okay. that you're safe with Mick 100% of the time. Well, that's great. Well, Mick, welcome to the show. Uh, just Thank as you. we start with Vanessa, uh, what did you celebrate today? Ooh, surviving today. <laughs> Sometimes it's the little things. It's a, it was a long day and knowing that we had this call and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to be grateful that I got through and that I have energy and the fact that we're coming to meet up with this particular group of humans. It's the, the more time we spend together, the easier it is to be ourselves and to be our authentic selves and who we are in that moment, no matter what, where we're coming from or, or energies that we're bringing in, we can just allow that within the group. And it's wonderful. I love that. Um, yeah. Your mystery question, one through four. One. And uh, it is, this is an interesting one. When you die, which will not be for a long time, uh, God willing, what do you want to be remembered for when it comes Ooh. to your, when it comes to your art? Ooh. When it comes to my art, that I was a giving scene partner. I like yeah. that. That's good. Yeah. Um, same thing with Vanessa. Um, who was the person who made the biggest impact on you when you started out that uh, really encouraged you to follow your dreams uh, to oh. go into Well, I, I think the person who instigated it was um, the middle school drama teacher, uh, Miss Janet Edelman. She, uh, I believe she retired last year sometime during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, her... Uh, I was reached out to and I wrote a very lengthy thing because if it wasn't for her and, uh, and, and showing interest in me, I probably wouldn't have gotten so involved at such a young age because I started doing shows when I was 12. Um, and that support and see, and again, similar to Vanessa, having someone see that in you uh, and help nurture that. Um, so she was the earliest influence. I've been very lucky to have a lot of, uh, and incredible teachers in my life, but she mm -hmm. was the first one. Now, Vanessa also, I'm all about celebrating. So I want to celebrate these, but I also celebrate the naysayers because Ooh. the naysayers really put us on our path that say, you know, screw you, I'm gonna go for it. And Vanessa just gave us a perfect example. Was there a particular person who did not get you or did not see you in this business that made you work harder to go after your dreams and goals? And what got you through that process? Oh, how, you know what, you know, I've been working 22 years now. Um, and I, I've had a number of them. Um, and I don't know if that says something about me or just people that are attracted to this business, but, um, I would say that each one was a moment where I had the real similar reality check, mm -hmm. but also that one person's opinion is not everyone's opinion. It has taken me a long time to fully embrace uh, some of that sentiment, but I remember as as a young person, it was more of a you know like middle finger energy, like Vanessa said. I, I love that. No, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I want to ask you, uh, and I love the way that we went with this question instead of going for the eight track. Type. What was the first album 
that you bought with your own money? I will tell you, uh, uh, A-Tracks are a close thing to me because my dad still had his working A-Track until last year when they sold their house. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, he the, he furnished a lot of our table dressings for our first show with the old A-Tracks that he didn't want. Um, ah! but my, my first album... Um, I don't remember my first tape. I stole a lot of my sisters, um, but I do not remember my first CD, original Broadway cast of Into the Woods. Wow, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, you're a lot younger than I am. Uh, <laughs> I, my, I'll tell you, my first A-Track tape was yeah. The Carpenters Close to You. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, Perfect. so it goes way back. Uh, so, uh, Mick, you're going to bring on our next guest. Um, and so uh, door number one, door number two, door number three. Three. And uh, what can you tell us? Uh, and this is one of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, and uh, But what you can, can you tell us about working with Julie Rayburn? Ooh, you know, uh-huh. So I first heard Julie sing in a class at BMI Music Theater Writing class that I was just a participant in as a singer. Um, and she was singing a song by Mark Janis. And I just remember thinking, who is this creature? Who is this earth goddess? Who is this storyteller? And like, who, can, who is this person who's so simply yet so cleanly getting to the heart and having everyone weep in this class. Who is this person? Uh, and then through the magic of all that we are, we had a bunch of connections to with Julie and her joining us. It, I have learned so much watching her as an artist. And I'm so oh, grateful for that. You, you and me both. I, I remember the, exactly the same experience. And I think everybody has that experience, Julie. Everybody sits in the audience and they say this in a loving way, who is this? Uh, well, I, um, you know, if you ever watch the Andy Griffith show, those who do watch the Andy Griffith show will get this. Um, Ernest T. Bass calls someone a creature. So I'm going to call you a creature. <laughs> that's, my, that's my nickname. I love my, it. Yes. You are know, my Aww. favorite creature. Um, so, Julie, who or what did you celebrate today? I celebrated um, my daughter, Layla. Uh, you know, yesterday, we paid her first uh, tuition payment for school. And, you know, she, it, it's just, and so today I'm celebrating her because I just awesome. look at her and I'm like, you're doing it. It's, um, it, yeah. So it was, in, and my brother's here and my niece. So family, it's just kind of cool. They're all on the couch right now watching a movie. I'm in my son's room with his Godzilla poster. <laughs> and, um, awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Because I remember the day she was June 10th, is in her birthday, June 10th? Yeah, Judy Garland and Mark Janice's birthday. Mark Janice, Mark Janice as well. Thank right. you. So your mystery question, Julie, one through three. I'll take three. And your question is, um, um, this is actually a statement and you can go with it. Um, and the statement is I'm comfortable expressing my uncomfortable emotions. And because I want to keep it about the art, are you comfortable about expressing your uncomfortable emotions in this business? Yes. On stage. Definitely. I think that's our job. Uh, it's our job to go there. And, um, and I think it's the safe space. What's challenging mm -hmm. is off stage mm -hmm. expressing our uncomfortable living in our uncomfortable emotions because 
you know, we're all, all of us here have our own stuff that we're dealing with. And we sometimes have to live in that. And I think you bring it to your art, right? Mm -hmm. It's whatever's going on inside you, you have an outlet. That's why we're so lucky to do what we do is we have a creative outlet to channel that. And so our job is to channel it and to put it out there so we can tell those stories, right? It's a, it's, it's a fine line because it, it can't be a therapy session, right? But we can still use it to motivate and move through it. Um, so yeah, that's my answer to that. Now you grew, um, you were born into an artistic household. So yes. you, you grew up with that. Um, was it your parents that, who really instilled in you uh, to follow your heart, your desires, your dreams? Or was there a particular teacher outside of the family circle that did that? Yeah, it was I would say it was a teacher because with my family, it was just everyday life. You know, we were on the road, we were touring, I was on stage with them. It was just a part of me being with my parents. And I loved it because I was with them. I got to travel with them and be with them. So it was just, this is what we did. It was my middle school music teacher, uh, Patty Anderson, who mm. basically gave me, I mean, sixth grade. And she's like, Julie, I want you to sing Send in the Clowns. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm, how old am I? And I'm singing Send in the Clowns. And, but she knew I could do it. And she would push me, you know. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, always gave me opportunity to challenge myself. And... She said, out of everybody that I'm teaching, Julie, you do it. I, I, I want you to do it. And I remember the band director, too. They looked at me after one of the shows, and he said, if you do not do this, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll do this. So it was, um, I was very fortunate, very fortunate to have them. Now, I want to thank Vanessa, who has given me a new term this evening, and it's called the middle finger energy. Um, <laughs> I love that. Who was the person who gave you the middle finger energy that propelled you to say, I'm going through, uh, I'm going to prove you wrong, uh, that made you just wow. work what you You know, there was a couple of them. You know, mm -hmm. I think one of them was a woman that um, I was doing theater on Cape Cod. This was, I had graduated college I was really trying to decide if I wanted to move to New York and the theater I was at uh, was a woman that was doing I think she was doing scene design and she had just gotten back from New York and so I asked her I asked her advice and she I think had a really hard time in New York but she was so negative and basically was like, you're never going to make it. It's too hard. It's this, it's that, it's just horrible. And you'll probably, and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, Hmm. And I moved anyways. I sold my car. I broke up with my boyfriend. I quit my job. I put everything I owned into the back of my dad's, you know, pickup. And he drove me down and dropped me off in Midtown <laughs> in uh, March 7th, 1996. And I've been here ever since. I think the second person was oh in 1998 a producer who just thought I wasn't thin enough and oh. I was at I was at my thinnest and but he was like no he saw me in this thing he wanted me to do this this and that and I just I you know I was just like mm, yeah great and I just kind of like cut ties and moved on I was Good like I am not working with someone who thinks that I'm not thin enough mm -hmm. <laughs> it's crazy yeah yeah yeah. And the first album that you bought with your own music, uh, with your own money. 
So I'm going to say Captain and Tennille's coming from the rain. Yes. And wow. then after that, I think the second one was ACDC back in black. So I had a really like <laughs> wide variety of. And you were singing Sin and the Clowns. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So you're going to bring on our next guest. So uh, one or two. Um, I'm going to pick one. Okay. So what can you tell us about working with Adam West Hemming? Oh, Adam. Adam is amazing. Uh, he has this musical mind that blows me away. The fact that he can arrange the way he does for singers, right? Teach it and sing it at the same time. <laughs> and has this vision in his head of what it's what he wants it to sound like. And he is able to communicate that to us in a way that's so loving and direct and to the point that you, you just do it. And he is such a generous and kind soul. And he's so patient <laughs> when we're trying to learn his uh, amazing arrangements. And he's just a wonderful person. And I am just, you know, just like everybody in this, this group, I, oh, he, Adam is the, he's the core. He's the, without him, we're not Marky Five. <laughs> oh, thanks, Charlie. Wow. Um, well, Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks, Richard. If you were not here tonight, we would have no show. Well, I, I wouldn't be writing the arrangements for the show, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam, I want to ask you, who or what did you celebrate today? I celebrated Rico, is what I celebrated today. Yeah! And have yeah. you heard the latest before you all went live tonight? Um, well, how how recent? Like the last fifteen <laughs> uh, minutes the or last the last hour? Within the last hour. Uh, what's the latest, Richard? What's the? No, latest? they've got footage now of the uh, uh, they have actual footage of them trying to overturn the government. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's 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 really something, isn't it? Is it a video? It's a video, yes. Mm -hmm. wow. So after tonight's show, everybody, turn on MSNBC because they yeah. were, you know, it's there. It, it, and I saw that just before we went live tonight. Uh, Roger Stone, of course, is at the core of that. But that's another show. We're not going to go there. <laughs> For sure. There. Sorry I even brought it up, but you asked the question. No, no, but I, am so glad, I am so glad you said that because I'm celebrating the same thing. Yeah. So uh, you, there are two questions left. So your mystery question, oh. one or two. Well, it's always number one. Number one, and it is, um, I love this, get something, off, well, maybe we've just done this, get something off your chest in a loving way, uh, but I'm going to stick with the arts, get something off your chest in a loving way about where we are in the arts in today's world. Yeah, it, it's, you know, Sondheim wrote a lot about art and uh, and industry, you know, and the, the thing about art is art is from your soul. And, and the thing that matters the most about art is sharing our souls and connecting. And I think that's probably the most missing thing in almost all aspects of art today and music specifically. Absolutely. And who was the teacher with you who put you yeah. on the path to your career? I mean, there are so many, but the one that really, I, I think is probably the most, uh, the one that really helped me decide, not that there was ever a decision, to go into studio work, which I did for the first probably half of my adult life, um, was Gene Merlino, who was, he was a singer with LA Voices. They did almost all of the commercials and jingles in LA from the 50s to 
just about the 80s, like the beginning of the 80s. And he was possibly the worst vocal coach I've ever had. Um, but he was an amazing, an amazing sight singer. And he used to say, okay, so sing an A440. And, and he would just tell you to do that. And I had to just do it. And I didn't have perfect pitch, but I kind of developed it for a long time because I knew how to do that. Um, he had a, a real, not a great voice, but he could sing in the exact middle of, of, of every tone. He could sing a quarter tone sharp, a quarter tone flat at any time. And, and he, I mean, did so much work and, and he kind of, I would say, put me into, into that world. So I have to, I'm very grateful for Gene Merlino. Also, he lived on Mulholland Drive and was probably a billionaire. It was incredible wow. what, what he did through his time. Pretty cool guy. And who was the one with the middle finger energy that uh, put you, uh, you know, really on the path? Yeah, um, I don't attribute that to a person. I think it's probably inside myself more than wow. any other person. You know, you know how you, you you get yourself moving forward and believing in yourself, and then you just you know have that little saboteur, as RuPaul mm. says, mm. the inner saboteur. And yeah. I, I think that that nobody else. I've, I've never given anyone else that that much power over me. Um, but boy, do I give it to that inner saboteur an awful lot. Good for you. Uh, good for you for uh, acknowledging that because very few people will acknowledge that. Uh, the first album that you bought with your own money. Richard, I, it's funny. I grew up in a house where my parents were born again and they were really born again. Like they, It was oh. from, from zero to a hundred. And so we didn't have any, um, any uh, non- religious or christian yeah. or yeah any secular music in our house except the al the exact eight track that you mentioned it was carpenters <laughs> close to you was still stuck in our eight track player and they couldn't get it out so <laughs> that's hilarious i actually knew about yeah it was it was always there you could push the button and get to you know another track <laughs> in there. but um the one that i probably probably i was trying to think of the first one i bought it was probably amy grant uh she had an album called giggle which was really ridiculous and that's the first one i actually purchased for myself and that was a cassette well, Adam, I'm going to ask you a question that I haven't asked anyone uh, tonight. Uh, and that question is, um, how did the name Marquee 5 come to be? Uh, we, we, we were barely emailing yet. We definitely were not texting too much yet. And we were all trying to think of, you know, what do we want to be? What are we? And I don't remember any of the steps other than the last thing that we came up with was Marquee 5. But I'll bet if you asked Vanessa that question, she would know every single step. Yeah, yeah. Vanessa, you want to tell us? Well, I don't need to give you all the steps, I don't think, but um, no, it's fun because because people know who he is. Um, I credit Justin Squiggs Robertson um, uh. because I put on Facebook what are, you know, because we're all actors. And so I asked people for suggestions. I described what we do and there was all different ones. And I think, I think Justin gave us marquee lights maybe. And then that turned into Marquee Five. But I always think of Squigs when I no, when I think I about our name. Squigs, if you're, I'd love to have you on the show sometime. I just, I, I think he's, I think he's a genius. So of course, if anyone's paying attention, it's the Marquee Five. But somebody is missing. Where is <laughs> That's she? Right. So Adam, do you want to introduce our next guest, and what can you tell us about her? Well, a lot of people call her Sierra Rain. But she is actually Sierra Ryan. The Ryan in spine. That's how I remember. <laughs> that's a good way to remember it. Uh, Sierra is our alto, and who has the highest voice of anybody I've ever met. Yep. Um, she she is one who is is one of the best musical mimics I've ever known. Uh, she can 
really her voice is just like it, it, it's insane what she can do and she always tells us how she doesn't read music and yet um she reads music like crazy she just has such an innate ability to connect and uh, to blend to also belt to screlt to all of the things that you need someone to do and uh and i love her very much and she brings the oakland into marquee five for sure and she's also <laughs> a great puppeteer that's true yeah. Yeah. The first time, uh, Sierra. The first time I, I saw you on stage, you yes. were with the puppet. I uh, I was. Was I with my with my puppet Kay? No, you were doing a, a Shakespearean play with. Uh, oh yeah. I, was That's it with right. James? It was uh, for theater uh, ten ten, and it yes. was uh, a production of Rudigore, Gilbert and oh. Sullivan's Rudigore, and myself and another lady played played the entire female ensemble, but it was set in a mental institution. For some reason, like it was mental institution people playing doing Rudigore, and so I had a puppet as the third chorus member, <laughs> and so she was lip syncing <laughs> while I was singing, and so we were like a, a trio. It was very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> great. So I want to begin by asking who or what did you celebrate today? I uh, I played slight cookie from my work in order to put myself on a self tape for a role so i was i was very kind of happy that i balanced the work life art just kind of shoehorning it in and uh and my my husband was is always my reader and i'm always celebrating the fact that he is able to jump in at, at a moment's notice and help me so that's that was like yes i did it i got it done I love that. <laughs> and through the process of elimination there's one question left and it says, what's something that you have learned about yourself in the last three months when it comes to your art? Wow. I actually came to the realization, pre like just looking at all the, because uh, there's new shows, new productions, uh, new casting uh, things. I, all, I, I came to the discovery that I don't have to do everything. As mm -hmm. much as as much as Adam said, I am I'm a mimic and I can do all these vocal things. But as a as an actor and as like a personality or as like um, a core individual, I don't have to stretch myself to try to fit some ideal, you know, role or whatever. I can just be like, you know what, this is what I do. Take me or leave me, and mm -hmm. I know exactly what I'm right for. That's for sure. But yeah, when you get to that point in this business, everybody who's watching tonight you've that's the goal uh i mean i truly believe uh and again enjoy the process um so who was the teacher or person who put you on the right path i was i was mentally going through all the, like my rolodex of teachers because i could do like middle school and 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 high school and college and things like that and and like as i was growing up all the shows that i did i was still kind of like even though I was in the use, you know, in the in the theater presentations in at Bishop O'Dowd High School, and then I went to UCLA for theater, I still was kind of like, "This is fun. I'm I'm play pretending. I'm I'm just having joyful things." It wasn't necessarily a serious. This is a career with a capital C. Um, but then I started taking voice lessons with Calvin Remsberg, who, uh, oh, who knows. and he, you know, I came in with like what I used to do in, in high school, which is like Mama Rose and, and the witch and into the woods and things like that. And he started, you know, working on me and he looked at me and he went, Sierra, you are a dramatic soprano. 
And I was like, what, what's that? <laughs> and he's the one that really stretched me into places in my voice that had, that I didn't know existed in my, in myself. Um, so in terms of like really the work that has to go into discovering yourself and, and working on yourself, Calvin is, is, I mean, he's kind of a legend in Los Angeles uh, for everyone oh, oh, yeah. and in, in Broadway and tours and stuff like that. So I was, I was very, I felt very privileged to even know him. So that was great. Oh, that's great. And he was privileged to know you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, the middle finger energy, who was that uh, person? Uh, I'm going to mimic Julie a little bit. Um, there was a producer and he's very, very nice. Um, but he looked at me and this is in Los Angeles a long time ago. And he looked at me and, 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 and he said, Sierra, you would, you would be such a great leading lady if you just lost weight. Oh. And I was like, eh, you know, and, oh. and, and I just went and, and that kind of made me go, do I really want to be a leading lady? Let me see. Like, mm. hmm. Or do I want to play uh, Ursula or Emma Goldman or, you know, Miss Shingle in, in, in Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder or any of like the, the amazing character actors, actress, you know, roles that get to do this balls out number and get all the applause and then, you know, go have a martini, you know, <laughs> backstage, you know, it's like, and then bow. It's like, that sounds like, that sounds like fun. So I, I kind of like, he, he kind of like slapped me in the face, but then I was like, oh, maybe I just don't need to be a leading lady. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And good for you. Good for you for no, uh, knowing that. <laughs> and um, the first album that you bought with your own money. I think it was Huey Lewis in the news. For ah, yeah. wow. That's not surprising. No, <laughs> those people know me. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that was, that was, oh, my Huey. Oh, I love him so much. So <laughs> eight track throwback, the remix, any of you can, uh, who came up with the title? I think it was my husband. Oh, wow. I think mm. he came up with the idea of eight track and then maybe someone threw in throwback or something, something like that. There was a long back and forth. Yeah. yeah. And we had to Google and see if it existed. Yeah. yeah. Eight track That's flashback, right. eight track. Mm -hmm. Went through a few different things for the original. And then the remix is was just recent. Yeah. And you and anyone can answer the, uh, these questions that I'm asking now. But uh, did you uh, set on a specific time frame? I mean, let's face it, eight track tapes were from a specific time time frame originally um, it was 60s 60s and 70s is what we okay. were shooting for now we've extended a tiny bit we're touching the 80s but just barely yeah great i, I have okay. i have marketing there we go oh, <laughs> old marketing and you uh, where were you as a group when covid hit uh were uh, mm. uh, and how did this affect you both positively and negatively because I look at the yin and yang of everything. Right. Well, I would say we were, we obviously, as the world paused, we had to pause. And we, uh, we lost our mezzo very quickly uh, because she moved away. And Julia had, had taken some time away from the group a couple of years ago. Um, but we had been approached um, by Phil Jeffrey Bond to 
uh, do some tracks for his Sondheim recording. And we were like, okay, who do we, who do we get of our swings and our, our, you know, former members? Like, what do, how do we, how do we move forward with this great, you know, opportunity to record these tunes? And all of us said, can we just ask Julie? Maybe she <laughs> would want to come back just to, you know, just to record because she knows some of them. And I'm so grateful that we all had to pause for mm. a lot of ways. I mean, if, if we're trying to find the silver linings. But in terms of Marquee 5, I'm really grateful that we are getting to explore this with the original quintet. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Julie, um, coming back to the group after, how long has it been since you left the group? So I left in 2014 and then um, during COVID, they were awesome. They'd be like, hey, we're on Zoom. We're, we're doing like visits and come. And I'm like, I really miss these guys. You know, <laughs> so like I went to go see their shows. I, I helped them get ready for. Um, you directed one too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and I, just as much as I could, I was just, I was knee deep in parenting and, and, and full-time job. And it was just a lot. And I came back to the Zoom and it was just hilarious. And I was laughing and it was like, I never left. And then. When they asked, it was like, well, yeah, I'll do it. And then when we were in the middle of it, I was like, I came to Adam and I'm like, do you think it'd be okay if I came back to the group? <laughs> Meanwhile, it's the, best the rest of, the of last us, 10 years. the rest yeah. of us were like, do you think we could ask Julie if she'd like to come back permanently? Oh. Those were happening. <laughs> and I, I was like, and I, I felt I'm like, here, I leave. Do they really want me back? Are they going to, but I, it just felt it felt like the timing was right. And in my life, and I, I, I needed the family, the community, I missed them. And it was just, when we were rehearsing and getting ready for the, I was like, oh, this is like, boom, we're right back in it. We're in the recording studio. It was like, boom. And yes. you don't get that every day. It's like a gift. So. Well, I was going to ask you if it felt like putting on a very comfortable shoe again, or if anything is different for you this time around. I think we're all, we've all matured with our voices, with our art. We've chilled out a lot. Um, we are comfortable in our own skins. And some of us are newly medicated. There's, yeah. <laughs> so for me coming into it, it was like, we're all just settling in at the same time. And it's great because it's like a perfect opportunity for us now. It's like we're ready for each other. You know, yeah. we're, ready, was, we're ready for it. I, I'd love to interject the, in oh, with that. Oh, sorry, Sierra. But we're all I, we're also we're all in five places, so that's that's yeah. the nature of that. But one thing I think a really good example of how we've grown, Richard, is that mm -hmm. anytime we would uh, debut a song, like we go to you know wh whichever event, uh, but often at Sondheim, the first time we would do a song there were all these issues with it, you know, like we would forget to listen to each other. People didn't understand where the melody is. People didn't understand their place in the, of the five and in each moment of the song. And when you were playing the opening banner songs, you had good thing going there from, uh, from the Sondheim show. And that was the first time we've ever performed that in front of anybody. And it was one of the better uh, performances we've ever had of any song. And it's really wonderful how time, you know, all of the experience that the, yeah. the much more life that we all have. Um, two of the ladies have their their kids are almost on their way out at this point versus just barely coming <laughs> in when we got together. You know, all of that. It, it really I think that 
every one of us excels as in our solo career life, but every one of us excels even more in, in working together. And we've all grown so much and grown together, really. It's, it's been pretty wonderful. I describe so. it as when you do a show and you fall in love with the cast and then the show ends <laughs> and everybody disperses, yeah. you never have that group together again. We have our cast for yeah. every show. We don't have yeah. to say goodbye to this family. We get to keep them. Yeah. And I like the fact that you say this family. Uh, September 15th, I know where I'm going to be. I, can't, I cannot wait. Uh, and we'll talk about I want to talk a little bit about process. I read a lot of books about uh, not only spirituality, uh, but creativity and bringing them together. So these questions that I put together are based on my readings this morning, believe it or not. Uh, and I'm going to start with you, Vanessa. And the question is, what is the one action that you've taken today uh, that moves the needle more than 100 other actions that you took yesterday? Artistically? Yes. Um, breathing. Wow. I'm paying attention to breathing. I've been taking a lot of classes about breath and really using it not just for how it serves my voice as a singer or an actor, but how it keeps me present and that the inhale is taking in information and the exhale is expressing information. And when I feel nervous, like waiting to come on and do a live thing, I can check in and use that breath. That's wonderful. Uh, Mick, who are the three uh, top influencers that you actually follow in this business? Oh, oh. You're talking yeah. to a guy who doesn't do much social media. Um, well, three people in the business who have made an impact that you really admire. Let's ooh, go that way. Oh, okay. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. Uh, Ellen Marie Marsh for speaking her mind and not, um, like, allowing herself to be herself. And, and there's such honesty in uh, what she gives to the world, both in her comedy and her, and her you know, like straight to the camera stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that's somebody I really respect. Um, oh, my my dear friend, LaDonna Burns. Um, she is living, oh, she's living such a, a beautiful, in such a beautiful chapter of her career. And like, she's working all the time. And I just, I just, I, and there, it's coming from such a place of joy and someone that's inspiring me to, as authentically myself as possible because I've known her forever um, and and to be cheesy this group ah! <laughs> no I really I do I do think as as dumb and stupid as that is uh, I really uh, I'm grateful to be inspired and motivated not just as uh, as a performer but as an artist and then as as the artist who has a a life outside of the art that th these, these four people inspire that a lot in me. So Julie, how many years ago was it that Marquee five was formed? 2009. Wow. So what are ways that you spend your time more wisely today than you <laughs> did in 2009? <laughs> Energy is finite. <laughs> and so I really know when, I am at my best 
and when I need to rest and when I need to say no. Oh, okay. Um, Adam, uh, what can you do today to improve whatever you're doing in this business at least 10%? Or what did you do today that you feel moved the needle 10%? What I'd like to say that I actually did today is um, I I have a tendency to procrastinate. I don't know if anybody can relate to that at all. Um, I love writing these shows and I love getting together and rehearsing for these shows. Sometimes I forget that I have to learn these shows as well. And a thing that I did today (laughs) is I went and I wrote down every lyric of every song in order so I could start to um, remember to connect it into who I am as I continue to memorize. So that's, that definitely is at least 10% better than yesterday. That's good. (laughs) Um, Sierra, you are a creator. What does your uh, creativity give to you? My creative creativity gives me energy. I, I will be like stuck, you know, either like bored on the subway or something and I'll have no energy. And then someone will send me a song that they think I would, I would sound awesome in. And I listen to it and I'm like, yeah, I want to sing this song. And suddenly my mind goes, and I suddenly, I can stay up until three o'clock, you know, like learning a song or, or, or watching an old MGM musical and being like, yes, I love, I love the storytelling or, uh, or, you know, if I get a, a, a call back and suddenly the sides are in front of me and I'm like, oh, I get to create this person in, in front of someone else for the first time. Mm-hmm. Those, uh, that's, that gives me energy that that'll keep me up at night for better, for worse for the well, next day. Uh, you and I are in the same boat. I know that. Yeah. Um, Vanessa, how um, does how did your uh, uh, how did your involvement with this group come about? Uh, we now own a caroling company that uh, four of us, everyone but Julie, um, sang with in two thousand eight. 2008. Um, it's actually how I met Adam in 2005. Sierra and I went to college together. It's how I met Mick in 2008. And uh, so the four of us were caroling on a gig and you mix and match a lot of different singers. And uh, this particular quartet came together for an event and we all just sort of some magical synergy was happening. And we knew it right I, I think we knew it right away. Mm -hmm. And so we looked for what could we do outside of carols as much fun as that is. And that's actually (laughs) how Marquee five was, was born. And, and then I had recently done a nymph show with Julie, Mm -hmm. uh, which that incarnation was called war brides. Mm -hmm. And so when the rest of us started um, looking for, musical theater pieces in harmony, we ended up looking at a lot of World Goes Round, the Candor and Ebb review. And we needed a third woman to do that. And I said, I know exactly who I would love to approach. And I, she said, yes, which was wonderful. So that's, that's how we all, it, it was really just born yeah. organically. I love that. Uh, Mick, how would you describe your process with working with uh, Marquee Five? Oh, you know, it's shifted. Um, but I, uh, I, hmm. because it really has shifted, especially in the show. Um, I think 
because of the pandemic and all, us all having different perspectives. Um, my process now is uh, concentrated osmosis. I, I have to like ha take to really have this focused energy and, and I, I can't really rehearse more than like an hour or so um, mm -hmm. just because I, I can't absorb after that. But I, but if I really focus in that hour, I can absorb a lot Well, on when I'm on my own. Wow. Uh, Julie, what is the most important action that you feel that you've taken when it comes to your art? Healing, healing, um, healing myself, you know, looking within and recognizing that I'm enough and that my authentic self is what I need to bring to my art and knowing that um, I'm okay. So yeah, a lot of healing work. And I think it's, I think it, it brings another level to uh, the art and the work and, you know, process you know you, you come from a different place when you're not reacting mm -hmm. and you're being more proactive adam how are you feeling really in today's world i mean <laughs> is it even real that's how i feel <laughs> is this actually even uh, is this the planet we're actually on and and are we going to be here for the next 40, 50 years or whatever our lives are. I mean, is it even real? That's that's how I feel. I, I have to I tell you that. Yeah. I was in the theater last night and I hear this man sitting behind me. This was in Sag Harbor having a conversation with another man. And I could not believe what I was hearing coming out of his mouth. And, um, and I just turned around and I looked at his wife and I said, is this for real? <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I really relate to that, Richard. I will say I, I had a little experience yesterday. I, you know, it's it's small doses of change that 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 make us amazing. You know, um, mm. I was really fortunate to go um, in Central Park. There was National Geographic was sponsoring uh, their this new film. It's the Space Race, and it's about um, African American, well, actually Black and Brown people who who were astronauts. And the first one, of course, was actually a cosmonaut and he was Cuban. And that, so they kind of beat us to the punch on that. But I kind of, it, it gave me a little inspiration that, you know what, not all of humanity is, is going in the wrong direction. We can actually look and we can find our history and trace our roots and, and be thrilled and happy with what's going on in the world and moving toward better, better things. And I, so there is, there's joy on the earth, but you asked the wrong person that question. I know I did. Uh, Sierra, what is holding you back, if anything, currently? Oh my goodness. What is holding me back? I think the, uh, I think jealousy is holding me back a little bit right now when I'm seeing, and, and it's like as, as busy I am and like self-producing and, and doing other stuff. I see, I see other actors bouncing from like their third show in, in this year and things like that. And that's just like, but I will say that it is nice when I come into a rehearsal with four other beings and we make amazing music in rehearsal and we're about to share it with other people and i know that there's probably some people who are looking at me 
and going, wow, she gets to sing with four other people and create these amazing things. I, I wish I could do that. And I, I feel lucky in that sense because, because um, you know, the grass can, can always be greener in one area of your life, but but when the grass is so green in this very specific part of your life, like Marky Five is to me, it's just you, you, you are gr grateful for that. That's for sure. Well, I feel I'm compelled to interject on that. Yeah. Because if anybody what? on earth is not a jealous person, it's Sierra Ryan. I've never known anyone uh, other than possibly Mick who finds <laughs> the good and, and joy in, in other people and in their performances. It is really a wonderful quality that Sierra has. So no. she might feel jealous in her heart, but no. she definitely does not um, exhibit that at all. Well, well I want to tell you, I, I love all of you so much and I am so thrilled that you all said This is so wonderful. I also, I want to get all of those questions so I can ask those questions of myself every day. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. Those are great questions. See my bookshelves. No, I, I begin every day with my morning pages, Julia uh -huh. Cameron. Yeah. I yeah. do that every single morning and I pull three books off the shelf um, I, and I, do a passage from each one and I form these questions out of what I, I read in the morning. And that's, I do that every single morning. Um, but I want to thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, September 5th, uh, 15th, I am going to be at the Laurie Beachman Theater. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to celebrate all of you. Uh, uh, at <laughs> uh, on another level, I'm going to give each of you a chance to have your final word today. It could be about anything that we spoke about today that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message that you would like to leave everyone with today. Uh, when I finish my final message, I will leave the screen. I will turn it over to someone, and then you will turn it over, and so on and so on, until the last person is standing. And the last person, when you say goodbye, the credits will roll. So don't worry about how do I end this show. So I'll take care of that. Uh, but I want to thank everyone for being here tonight. Um, you can see uh, one of my favorite uh, words, uh, one of my favorite things in this business is collaboration. I learned very early on, uh, because I had great teachers as well, uh, in my community theater in Conway, South Carolina, that when you're standing on stage alone, you're not standing on stage alone. Uh, there are the people in the wings, there are the people on the lights, there are the people at the box office, there are the people in the audience. It's a collaboration. And this mm -hmm. is what I really see uh, 10 times over, uh, collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. And we see it in your answers and your responses and everything that came together tonight. Um, if we all work together, it will be the world that Adam and I are both looking for. So uh, everyone, uh, let's just think about that. I end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Uh, go to your Facebook friends list. I know that everyone here is on Facebook. The third name that pops up, reach out with a phone call. I want you all to do the same thing. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And let that person know how they've made a difference in your life. And by doing so, what you will do is you will truly make a difference in their life. And that's what it's all about. We all want validation in this world, whether it be in the arts or whether it be in everyday life. And when we take the time to do so, it's a different world. I have a dear friend, Sean Moniker, and Sean mm -hmm. said, 
we're all in the same boat, but we're in different, uh, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different size boats. And I always say, I don't care what size boat you're on, as long as you have a skipper by your side. Uh, <laughs> you the screen and I'm coming it over to you. And when you finish, you will decide who will follow you. Thank you all. And please join me on September 15th, 7 p.m. at the Laurie Beachman Theater for Marquee 5. Julie, it's all yours. Oh, great. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say my daily intention is go slow to go fast. Remember, it's the details, it's the daily steps, it's the change that you make in your life that make all the difference. Small changes, big results. Adam. That's pretty amazing, Julie. I will have to say as well, I'm right <laughs> on that same page. But what uh, what's in my heart right now is that just don't get tired of doing good things. And, and people are more important than things. And you are more important than I am. So thank you and have a wonderful night. Who's next? Oh, Sierra. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I have to get blocking done. So um, I'm gonna be the business person. I will do the blocking this week. I just wanna let everyone know who's watching. It's, we're gonna have blocking. Um, and uh, and I, sorry, I just put a little business in there. Um, and it. uh, it's always a joy to work with you guys. And um, yeah, that's, that's where my mind is going straight to. Mick, you're up. Um, here's to living authentically, breathing authentically. And uh, here's to, yeah, collaboration, community, and family. Vanessa. I think the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And we have something to learn from every single individual and something to offer every single individual so we can all work together, figure out what your part is. Bye, everybody. <laughs>